This episode of Spawned is brought to you by Epic, the children's app featuring an award-winning digital library. Epic provides kids 12 and under with unlimited access to over 25,000 of the best books, learning videos, and more, all personalized for each child based on reading level and interest. Plus, Spawned listeners, you're going to get two months of Epic free with promo code COOLMOM through October 2nd when you visit getepic.com. That's two months free with code COOLMOM at getepic.com. Hello and welcome to Spawn, a common sense and hopefully fun discussion on parenting and parenting culture. Hey, I'm Liz Gumpener. And I'm Kristen Chase, and we're the co-founders of coolmompics.com. On today's episode of Spawn, oh boy, we're talking about working mom guilt, Liz. What? I, so, I, don't, I never even heard of it. I've never <laughs> had it, I, I so I don't know what we'll thing. be talking about. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad that author Jessica Turner yes. is joining us because she knows all about it. Not just because she feels guilt, but because she is a super expert. So we're going to get a lot of great, helpful tips and advice from her. Yeah, and it's so timely because I don't know about you, Liz, I know you're juggling. I'm juggling. Kids are back in school the activities and all that stuff. So I can't wait to hear about this new book. And as always, we are going to close our show out with cool picks of the week. But let's talk a little bit about our awesome guest. Jessica has a new book out. It's called Stretched Too Thin, How Working Moms Can Lose the Guilt, Work Smarter, and Thrive. I want all of those things. All of them. I do too. Lose the guilt, work smarter, and thrive. All like, of it. What, what else do we need? I don't, I don't think I need anything else. Maybe, Maybe like just... lose the weight. <laughs> Oh, that would be such a good one. We have to add that on there. Um, So let's talk a little bit about what Jessica does as well, because it's not just the book writing. Of course, she's got a popular lifestyle blog, The Mom Creative. She's an award-winning marketing professional. And wow, she's been featured on the Today Show, O Magazine, Pregnancy and Newborn Magazine, just those little things no one's really ever heard about. (laughs) Basically, she's pretty successful. She's like a super expert. And uh, hey, she and her husband, Matthew, live with their three children in Nashville, We even have two of our own contributors who live in Nashville. We love people from Nashville. So, Jessica, welcome. Gosh, you guys, you made me feel so good. You are good. Believe it. (laughs) Well, I'm so delighted to be here. And I think this is such an important topic that, honestly, we don't talk about enough is kind of navigating working motherhood and how to do all the things. So I'm just thrilled to be here. Thank you guys so much. We can't agree with you more about that because I feel like we heard about the whole, like, working mom versus stay-at-home mom thing, you know, when our kids were babies. But I don't... Don't feel like there are a lot of resources like your book for working moms that are not necessarily just about the guilt, but like, how do you actually do it? So I'm curious, what made you decide to write it? Was it that? Was it something else? A combination? Yeah, it was sort of a combination. So I signed a two book deal about five years ago. And my first book came out three years ago called The Fringe Hours, Making Time for You, which is a book completely dedicated to making time for self-care for women. A really important topic. It resonated with a lot of women. Really popular. And what do I do after that? And I thought, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to slow down. I'm going to do one of those experiments where I, you know, take a Sabbath weekend and I don't do anything. And then I'm going to write about it. (laughs) Well, after six months, I went to my publisher and I said, I am the wrong person for that. That is not my life. That is not the stage I'm in. I I can't write that. And so I thought, well, what do I know? I know what it's like to be a working mom. I work full-time in corporate America. I've got a very successful side hustle. And so I thought, you know what, maybe 
this would be a good topic for me to do. And I really think it's important to do research and not just write about my own story. No one cares about my story. And so I set out to do a survey and surveyed 2,000 working moms to find out what their biggest pain points were of working motherhood. So all across America, full-time, part-time, work-at-home business, working outside the home, all types of feedback, had like 500 pages of responses of the open-ended questions. Holy moly. American moms stretched too thin. That's what I got. I I did an (laughs) online course and kind of piloted the content and had 2,000 women sign up for that course. And I was like, you know what? We're on to something. And so I went to my publisher and I said, will you let me turn this into a book? I really want to dive more into this. And they said, yes. And so I did a lot more primary research, one-on-one interviews and um, reading articles and finding other books. But you're right. There really isn't a great resource for working moms that talks about all the things. I feel like there's lots of resources about like going back to work and like, how do you pump and go back to work and like that type of stuff. Exactly. But not really like the nitty gritty of how do we do all of these things well? And so that's what I set out to do is try to create a handbook that would at least let women know they're not alone. They are not the only ones feeling this way and give them some practical advice and insights that maybe they could apply to their lives to make a few pivots and feel a little bit better about the things that they're doing. And I like your view that it's just a few pivots sometimes. It doesn't mean like a wholesale change or, you know, you have to like move to the country and give up your dream career just to get rid of the guilt. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, that's not going to (laughs) happen. I'm scared to even move to like the suburbs. So, yeah. You know what? Like we're all good moms. Like, so I think if you go into this with that baseline that, you know what? But I might be struggling in a couple areas, but I'm still a great mom and I'm still the best mom for my kids. But I want to do some things differently. I think this book is going to give you that perspective to maybe do a couple things differently. I need this. I need this. And I think that we can learn so much from other people. A long time ago on a blog called Motherhood Uncensored that I used to write, I actually did a series of posts that I interviewed other work at home moms. And it was the most interesting. And I think I learned the most because I was. I remember, remember this. this? Really I well. talked to awesome. other moms. Yeah. So I love that you talk to other moms, Jessica, because I think sometimes it's just a matter of like, hey, what do you do in the mornings to get out of the house on time? Like, I feel like we're sometimes just stuck in like a wormhole and we just, we can't get out of our own head. So I love that you interviewed and talked to and surveyed other moms to get their experiences. And I'm, I really want to start by talking about guilt. Let's get it out of the way. You know, we've got a lot of new moms that listen. They might be going back to work or they're like me who just went back to work in an office. We know that guilt is useless but we often still feel it. So I'm wondering, what do you tell other moms? I mean, I love the idea of starting off and saying, you're a great mom. I think that's, number one, a great way to start. But what else can moms do with the whole useless guilt thing? So I think guilt can sometimes be a really good teacher. Sometimes we feel guilty about something because, honestly, we want things to be different. And if you keep feeling guilty about something, I think it's an opportunity to say, okay, why am I feeling this way? Mm. Is this self-imposed and the really is no truth. Like it's useless, like you say. And if that's the case, then you just need to speak truth to your life or have someone else speak truth to you and say, this is not true. This is not something you need to feel guilty about. Like it doesn't matter, that sort of thing. But other times it's, you know what? I feel guilty about always missing this thing. So can I make a change to my work schedule so that I don't miss that thing anymore? Um, there's somebody that I interviewed in the book and her daughter had to go to like a band thing, like high school football game or something like that every Friday night. And it wasn't something that mom needed to be there, but mom was working a different night when the daughter was home. And so she changed her work schedule so that the daughter was at football and she was working and then they both were together on the same night. Oh. And then she wasn't feeling guilty about not being home when her daughter was home. Really easy, right? Like it was just a change that she needed to make, but she recognized it because of that feeling. Uh, So sometimes we can use 
guilt as a motivator to create change in our lives so that we don't continue to feel guilty. So let me ask you something. And this is kind of the question I ask a lot of, um, you know, a lot of women and authors we've talked about similar topics, particularly in terms of juggling, which is that some women, I believe, are more privileged to have more flexibility than others. I don't just believe this. I mean, that's a fact. And so I think for some people, it's easier to make changes or switch jobs or work at home. But I think for others, particularly single moms, we don't always have that flexibility. It kind of depends on your career, your job, your finances, your situation. So what do you do if you can't make a major work change? I'm really glad that you brought that up because I have found that to be true in my own job. I have some flexibility, but there's some things that are just non-negotiables and I am never going to be able to like chaperone the field trip yep. unless I take a day off or something. <laughs> mm-hmm. Exactly. And for a lot of people, missing that day means missing income for the day. Yeah. If you work in Absolutely. service industry, if you work in a restaurant, like if you work in hourly wage jobs, you can't, you just can't miss that day. Right. And so I think in those cases, it is bringing your kids alongside you to understand why you're working and why you're not there. Because I think you won't feel guilty if your kids aren't making you feel guilty. Yes. I mean, sometimes some of that is self-imposed. <laughs> but I think if your kids understand that, listen, we need mommy to work so that we can have groceries. And I'm really sorry that I'm not going to be there, but I'm going to get pictures from your teacher and I want to hear all about it. And, oh. you know, maybe you have a special dinner or whatever. I think if your kids understand, they then are less likely to kind of stab you in the heart with that, you know, tearful, why aren't you going to be I there? I think that's really good advice. I pull that card all the time. But it's really true <laughs> because, you. I mean, it's yes. a great reminder that kids want to know that you care about their lives. And it's not always about being at every single event. It's knowing that you're interested in what they're doing, whether or not you can be there. There are other ways to show that interest. And I appreciate that uh, reminder. And also gratefulness on their part. Right. And, you know, and, you know, I think that we also need to step back and think about the big picture of your child's entire childhood. I don't remember every field trip I went on in elementary school. Amen. And I don't remember <laughs> if my mom was there or not. I remember yes. she was at the pumpkin patch one time. And I'm sure that she chaperoned more than one field trip. But I only remember <laughs> one. You know, so I, I think you need to step back and remember that your child's complete story is a lot more than just what happens during their school day. I love that. Thank you. And Kristen, do you remember that post I wrote? I may have to dig this up again. I wrote this post. The essence of it was that children remember the donut and not the hole. Yes. I'm getting a little weepy, you guys. And I don't want to say you guys. I'm going to say y'all because we're starting not to say you guys. So (laughs) I'm getting a little weepy because I, I was just thinking about this. And this transitions actually well to my next question, Jessica. But I will say that Kids can lay it on thick. They can, and they will. And I think because they have needs too. And I think I love this idea of reassuring them, but also teaching them gratefulness. And by the way, it's empathy. Like it's important for them to understand that food just doesn't magically fall on the table and those sneakers mm-hmm. they have don't just fly in the window from someone who, you know, dropped them off. Camp isn't just like, here, come for free for the summer. Yes. <laughs> yes. I mean, it's important for them to understand that not just for empathy, but I think also so that adulthood isn't so shocking. You know, like I feel like sometimes kids are like, oh, wait, you know, they get older. They're like, oh, wait, I have to buy all this stuff. And so if there are ways that parents can just say, hey, listen, like I'm working really hard so that we can have this, this and this. That's the approach that I take. Sometimes it's it's not as nice as the way you made it sound, Jessica. <laughs> it's a little like 
hey, (laughs) take it easy. This is how you got food on the table. But I do think it's important. But I have been feeling this because I'm actually have transitioned back to working in an office and it's a huge shift for me. So I'm wondering, even though like you, it's it is flexible, but there are some things that aren't. And I'm personally worried about all the stuff that I used to do really easily. Like I used to be able to go get my kids for doctor's visits. I used to be able to take them to the dentist. I used to be able to do the little pop in and see them at school when they have have some sort of report due. So can you give me some advice from my situation, from what you have, have found in your book, and maybe even from your own personal life? So I think when you can lump appointments together, it's helpful. And I think the more planning you can do, the better. Because then you can give your job warning that, hey, I've got this appointment. I always try to have the first appointment of the day so that typically the physician isn't running late. I'm going to be able to get in uh, and out. Even yeah. if that means like a really hideous like 7 a.m. <laughs> dentist appointment or that sort of thing. That's what we yes. do. Yeah. What's the first appointment available? Thanks. I'll take that. Yeah. <laughs> right. Exactly. So I think being a planner is definitely going to work in your favor. You know, I know some moms, they will take a half day and they will do everything all at once that way, or they'll take a day off and they're going to do all the appointments that day. And it sucks, but they get it all out of the way and they're only using, you know, one vacation day to do that. Um, So I think that can be helpful for appointments and that sort of thing. You know, I think it's also leaning on your community when you can, that you're not going to be able to be present for everything. My oldest is 10 and he's in this new soccer league that has practice two to three times a week in tournaments every other weekend. And it's really intense and it's a big from what he was doing last year, which was just one practice a week and one game on a Saturday. Yeah, that's a big change. It's a big, big change. Club team probably versus intramural. Totally. And (laughs) I have the benefit that my husband works full-time from home. So he does a lot of the drop-off and pickup, but even still, we've got three kids. And so we had to make sure that we were going to be able to carpool. And the only way we were going to be able to make that work was if we could be sharing that burden with other parents. And sometimes we do drop-off, sometimes we do pickup. We're not even having to do it every single week because there's enough of us. And that has made a huge difference and really alleviated that stress. Huge point. I mean, I live in New York City and my younger daughter started going to a new school this year that's in a different neighborhood. And there aren't too many kids from our neighborhood there. And I finally found one. And it's like the best thing ever because I've had to take her every morning on the subway, drop her off, take her back, pick her up again, which shortens my work day. It's been really tough. And it was like the heavens opened up and like everything got bright and sunny and birds started flying around my head when I ran into this other mom who I know. And we were like, we can take turns. Yes. What a huge difference that's going to make. And it makes a huge difference for everyone. Yes. And you know what? That's really good to model for our kids. I think about that a lot. Like, what is what I'm doing good behavior that is going to help them in adulthood. Work, 70% of American moms with kids under the age of 18 work, right? So Mm -hmm. work is something that is good for them to see. It's good for them to understand. Being in community, another big one. Helping one another out, really important. So these things, not only are they helping you do all of the things well, but it's also teaching our kids really healthy ways of living. I think that's a great way to put it too. Because yeah, yeah. I never heard it expressed in that way. I think that's really nice. And because I'm someone who works most from home. I mean, I don't always work from home, but mostly I work from home. I think I struggle with a lot of this. And one of the issues I struggle with is the balance in the digital world. Mm -hmm. And I know you talk a lot about clear work boundaries. And I think it's really hard 
when some of my work is about being on social media and checking Facebook and checking our community and, you know, posting our Spawned episodes. And, you know, it can be really hard to be unplugged because we have access to this all the time. What do you think that moms like me can do to navigate that a little better? Because I really need help in that arena. I completely appreciate that because I have a full-time corporate job and then my blog, The Mom Creative, I've been doing for 12 years. So I've got the side hustle that's all online and digital. So it's very tempting to open up my laptop when I get home or be on my phone. So I think a big thing is automating. So anything that you can do to schedule that content in advance is going to help you. It's going to make it go a lot faster if you can do that in batches. I also think that you just need to have better boundaries and say, you know what, at five (laughs) o'clock, I don't, I'm not going to do that anymore. I'm not going to post one more thing. I'm not going to check that status one more time. Even if it means that you need to put an autoresponder on your Facebook and on your email that says, I don't respond to email between the hours of 5 p.m. and 8 a.m. or whatever I'm it is. I'm going to see you know that. I've started doing that on weekends. Ask Kristen. I've started having a lot more, hey, I'm not checking work emails so much because guess what? It's the weekend and you should have a weekend too because I get so <laughs> many pitches and so many emails over the weekend. Right. Ah, oh, I'm so glad I'm doing one thing right. <laughs> but it's really liberated Yeah, me. now you're going to have to do it in the evening. Yeah, right? I need to do evenings. You're right. I have had to leave my phone in my purse or put it in another room because otherwise I will pick it up and look at it and I don't need to be looking at it. I don't need to like a comment as it comes in. Nobody is sitting waiting for me to do that. And it goes against the grain of what I teach. And so I try to practice what I preach and leave that phone in the other room. We actually still have a landline. And we feel like if it's a real emergency, you are going to call our landline and nothing mm. is that important for our cell phone That's good. when our kids are awakened with us. I, love yeah, I don't have any notifications yeah. at all. Yeah, I turned all mine off. And Liz, do you remember when I did that experiment? Jessica, I don't know if you saw this. Like a few years ago, I decided to do an experiment, not one like yours, because I think that would be hard, (laughs) the one that you did that didn't work out for the book. Um, But I did one where I put away my phone when I was around my kids, which was in the morning before they went to school. And then after school, between the hours of like four and eight o'clock. And I have to say, it was life-changing. Just in terms of A, how much time I had, I had so much more time when I wasn't picking up my phone all the time and checking who liked my tweet or who commented on a Facebook post. I had more time with my kids and I just overall felt better. Being tethered to something like that, I think is actually stressful in a way that is hard to describe for people, but I think it is a little well, it's Pavlovian, isn't yes, it? Like it is. that little ding yeah. in your program to check it. Like it becomes compulsive. Yes. I know I love taking long baths at night and mm. And I got into the really bad habit of bringing my phone in the bathroom with me. And I would be sitting in the bathtub (laughs) scrolling on Instagram. And I'm like, Jess, you came in here to relax and read a book. And now the water's getting cold and you read two pages because you decided to pick up your phone. And so I literally have to even leave my phone away from me when I'm going to take a bath. I'm like, oh, I need the clock. No, you do not. You know that you read a page a minute. And... When you've read 30 pages, you can get out of the tub, you know? (laughs) Hey, whatever works. I started wearing a watch again because I don't want to keep picking up my phone to look at the time. And I have to say, it really works. I'm going to try to start an alarm clock because my problem is, and I don't know if anyone else out there does this. That's a wink, wink, because I'm sure tons of people do. Your alarm goes off, you pick up your phone, or you get in bed and you're like, ah, I'm just going to look at my phone. And then it's like an hour later when you should have been sleeping. It's the little things, but they work. Absolutely. But I'm glad that you have theories about this and you have actual techniques that we can use because, you know, it's not just me. 
<laughs> I think this is really, really, really common. And it's good to find some comfort in the company that we're all struggling with this a bit. Totally. And, you know, in, in establishing work boundaries, you know, sometimes it means communicating that to your colleagues if you work in an office situation, you know, and saying, hey, I'm going to be working on this project. I'm not going to have my outlook open for the next three hours. If you need me, come to my desk and talk to me because I'm not going to be looking at that because I think email can be another way where we can kind of not have boundaries in there and we can get lost in the abyss of the email. It's so bad. I highly recommend Boomerang, by the way. Yes. To our listeners, I've recommended Ugh. it before. It's a um, extension you can install for Gmail and it's amazing. What it allows you to do is Boomerang things. Basically, they come in and you're like, I want to remember this for tomorrow and it'll send it back to you in the morning or whatever time you specify. The other thing that really great about it is I can send a response and program it to go out at another time. So if I do you happen to be checking emails on the weekend, I can make sure that they all go out Monday morning at nine. Yeah. So it doesn't look that way. <laughs> See, that that's helpful. I think the other thing for me, and I'm sure there might be other people like me, is that I get a little bit of inbox anxiety. I really don't like things sitting in my inbox unanswered. And I admire people who do what they recommend, right, Jessica, which is not check it all the time. Like you should schedule when you check email and maybe that's only once or twice a day. The problem is that if you work in an office that's always on email, it's challenging. We at Cool Mom Picks have moved to Slack, which has helped a lot for us in terms of email management. But I, I love this idea of saying, I'm not on email. If you need me, I'm working, I'm here, but you have to come get me or find me another way so that I don't get bogged down. That's the problem, right? You go in to check one thing and then you're you're suddenly like, oh, oh, let me respond to so-and-so. <laughs> I also find that I'm so much more efficient when I'm not an email 24-7. Here's the thing. When you go into email after having not been in it for four hours, you can actually batch delete 80% of it, I feel like. Yes. Much quicker than every time there's a ping and you look at it and you delete it or not delete it. You know, like a lot of times it's more efficient to not be looking at it all the time as well. I feel like I need to do Yeah, this. I agree. I've read like all those stats about how um, if you just shift your brain for one second, like off task, if you're writing, for example, and then you switch to just check one email, it's not like you switch right back. Your brain actually needs to take a significant amount of time to get back into the zone of writing or whatever task you were doing. And uh, multitasking, bad. Absolutely. <laughs> yes. Yes. Oh, don't even get me started on single tasking. I talk about it all the time and yet I cannot do it. That's a, that's a whole other thing, but I'm sure it's something that you talk a lot about, Jessica, is like focusing on one thing and focusing on another thing because multitasking, I don't know. I, I feel like it, we sometimes run around in circles <laughs> with multitasking. It is so true. And I even find that that happens in my parenting. I have a three-year-old and you know how three-year-olds are they're playing and you can see what they're doing but you can also be looking at your phone or doing yep. something else and my three-year-old will call me and he'll be like look at this and I'll see it and I'll just say uh-huh you know or something not really exciting to him and he'll say mama look at me <laughs> and oh, geez. she wants my full attention yeah. you know and it kind of stopped me in my track yes my daughter used to grab my face when she was like three. Mm -hmm. I was like, oh God, I'm a horrible mom. <laughs> You're not a horrible mom. We've all done it. But I, I think that it's true that if you can just focus on one thing at a time and really give your kids your attention, that's really meaningful to them. And there's so much data out there. I'm sure you guys have talked about this before about the quality of the time that we spend with our kids, not the quantity. Yes. Well, it's good for people to hear because I think that people think, oh, you're not there. So you're not giving them as much time as they need. You know, I think that's one of the classic stay at home versus 
versus work out of home parent arguments, if you will, that we've heard over and over. And I feel like it's always been quality versus quantity for us. You know, if we're there at bedtime, reading stories with them, focusing on them, it's better than us trying to like make pasta, you know, listen to music, tell a kid to get out of the trash can, you know, all those things where they're not really getting our full attention. Right. They might not even be getting 10% of it. Absolutely. Um, okay, so let's talk about self-care. You said the baths. You wrote a whole book about self-care. So I know that you are a huge proponent of it. And you also talk about relationships because I feel like those are the first kind of two things that go. I don't know. Maybe relationships go before self-care. Yeah, we put ourselves <laughs> last and that includes our relationships aside from our kids. Yes, absolutely. So can you please talk about that? Can you talk about self-care? Because we hear it so much and we've read so many articles that are like, it's not just a manicure. So I- I'd love to hear your perspective about it. You know, I think the age-old example still is the best example of the oxygen mask philosophy that you have to take care of yourself before you can take care of others around you, right? And it really is true. If you are not taking care of yourself, you are not going to be the best employee. You're not going to be the best mom. You're not going to be the best wife. You're not going to be the best friend because you are going to be running on empty. You're going to get sick. You're going to be exhausted. You're going to be mood, like all of the things, right? So you've got to take care of yourself. And it really is a holistic approach. So it's your mind. It is your spirituality. It is your physical health, right? Like all of those different things. I I talk to so many women, so many women who skip their doctor's appointments. They skip their dentist appointments. Me, I I do. It is awful. You need to go and make an appointment for yourself. Like you've got to take care of your body. I have a friend who had really awful menstrual cycles, really, really awful. She was anemic for years. I kept telling her, you got to go like get a hysterectomy or something. Well, finally, she went in and got an ablation. She had to get like multiple pints of blood, I believe, because she was so anemic before they could do the surgery. They did the surgery and she ended up going into heart failure and was in the (gasps) hospital for more than a week. Oh, Oh my my gosh. gosh. That is an extreme example. But I, I don't think that it is out of the realm of normal. She has a whole bunch of kids. She's got a thriving business. And she just felt like she couldn't make the time to go and do this outpatient procedure. And then she ended up being in the hospital, having a massive recovery after that. And so take care of yourself and don't ignore those things. I have a much lesser example of needing a hysterectomy. I just had one in May and I had so much going on with work and the book and other stuff that I found out in October and I didn't make the appointment for the surgery until May because I felt like that was the soonest I could manage it. And I waited a year and a half before I even went to the doctor about it. And then I ended up having stage four endometriosis when they (gasps) went in. Oh my God. I mean, I was walking around in a significant amount of pain and I was like, oh, it's fine. I can do one more bad period. Sure. Why not? Right. Uh, And I think we all have these things, right, that we are pushing off. Yeah, we do. We totally do. And so you got to take care of yourself because I feel so much better every single day. I am no longer in pain. Right. And that's just a a physical thing. I mean, it's drinking water. It's getting enough sleep. I mean, let's get to the very, very basic stuff. Um, But doing that really is revolutionary for how you're going to live and what you're modeling for your kids. And and I'm totally guilty of yeah, that. We're all, no, I'm like shaming anyone. Like I've done that because it's yeah. not just like, oh, I need to go to the doctor. It's like, I have to make the appointment. I have to look at my calendar. I might have to move things around. I have to go there and wait. Then I have to fill out paperwork. Then I have to deal with insurance. It like starts building up in my head and it starts to become overwhelming to me. Actually, we did a podcast recently about top time management techniques from experts. And one of them was to write down things that you're procrastinating about 
and then write down what's getting in the way of you fulfilling that goal. And when I started doing that, like writing it down, I realized, why aren't I seeing the dentist? And it would be like, I'm terrified of this. I'm scared of this. And, and then I realized it was like, I don't have the time. I'm scared of filling out the insurance. I'm scared it's going to get rejected. It was like all these things that really were easy to overcome. But, you know, I, I get it. I get why we put those things off because it sometimes does feel overwhelming. It's not just like oh, a little, you know, I don't have a doctor in the family. <laughs> it's not like I could just, you know, walk downstairs and get checked out. Like it's a big thing. But we wouldn't do that for our kids. This is true. Our kids go and get physicals every year. And if our kids were walking around in pain every single day in their abdomens, you can bet that we wouldn't be waiting a year and a half to go make that appointment for the nope. doctor like I did myself, right? <laughs> yeah. So why are we doing that to ourselves? It's terrible. I know. It you're is right. terrible. And you know, the other thing to go when it comes to taking care of ourselves is not just ourselves and our bodies, but I, I, I think this is important, is our friendships. Yeah. And we hear this from so many of our readers and listeners and just so many of my friends that there's just these female-female relationships that we miss tremendously and we give up on that time. And I know know that that's important. I know that when I get a night out with Kristen or go to the movies with my friend Anna, like I just feel really refreshed in a different way than like a date night or a night with my kids. How do you think women can make time for that too on top of work and relationships and self-care and baths and doctor appointments and everything else? I mean, it's really easy. You just put it on the calendar and you do it. I hear from hmm. so many women who say, I work all day and so I feel like I can't be away from my kids at night. Listen, they are going to be just fine if you go see a movie with some friends one night in a month. Like, that is not a big deal. My kids are excited about that because they've got a babysitter. They're hanging out with dad and eating McDonald's, you know? Like, they're living their best lives. <laughs> Mine say that, too. I took my boyfriend to a show a couple weeks ago for his birthday. And I said, do you want to be with grandma? They were like, no, our favorite nights are when you go out. We get to just be home. I mean, they're 11 and 13, so they can do that now. But to them, it's like a very adult thing. And they really love that time. And they're responsible. They're good. They clean up. They make themselves dinner. And they really like it. And it made me feel a lot less guilty about, you know, making time for friends also, knowing that they actually enjoyed the time away from me. And again, I feel like a broken record, but this is modeling good behavior. Yes. They need to see that you still have friendships. <laughs> right. Like knowing that that's a normal part of the experience. You have play dates. Why can't mommy have play dates? That's the perfect yes. line. Yes. <laughs> that's what we should call the podcast. Mommy needs a play date. Yeah. Well, and can I just say too, like we do need to make time for ourselves. And there's something to be said about making it a regular thing because kids love rich like we hear that they love a schedule so if you schedule it and you're like every month or every Wednesday or every day <laughs> I'm going out with my friend you know uh, my uh, my friend Tina who lives near me we've just made it a thing we joined a spa and we get a massage every month that's our thing and we do it together and we go not in the same room because that would be weird but <laughs> we go at the same time <laughs> and when we go there and we have it done we schedule the next one and so it's just been our thing. It's once a month and it is such a treat. It's so good to do. And when my, actually when my kids hear that I've seen her, they get excited. They're like, oh, we got to see Aunt Tina. Like they're really happy. And I think we have to remember that. Our kids want those moments to celebrate us as humans and not just as like their chauffeur and their cook and their cleaner and all those kinds of things. Like we're people too. Yes, yes. we are. We yes. are people. <laughs> So Jessica, if you can leave us with one bit of advice, if there's one thing that working moms can do to alleviate guilt, what would that be? You know, 
I would say I want you to make a list of 10 reasons why you're a great mom. Because I think if you see it on paper, all of the things that you're doing well and celebrate that, and instead of comparing yourself or feeling guilty, you're celebrating all the things that make you you and make you a great mom and make you the perfect mom for your kiddos. I think it's going to really change your perspective. That's amazing. I love that so much. And uh, that goes back to self-care too. And you know, sometimes we just need a reminder that we're doing good enough and good enough is good. Yes. Good enough is good enough. Good enough is good enough. And on that note, we want to tell everyone, you, you have to get this book, all right? So it's called Stretched Too Thin, How Working Moms Can Lose the Guilt, Work Smarter, and Thrive. And actually, Jessica's other book is all about self-care. It's called The Fringe Hours, Making Time for You. Um, we know folks can find you at stretchedtothinbook.com. Where can folks find you on the social medias? Of course, not during their time when they're supposed to be off, but when they're <laughs> on social, where can they find you? After the kids go to bed. Yes. Yes. So my favorite place to hang out is Instagram. Okay. Two accounts on there. Jessica N. Turner is my main account. And then I love, love, love talking about books. And so I actually started a separate account just to talk about books. And that's Book Snobbery. Oh, fun. Those are my two fun Instagram accounts. On Facebook, you'll find me at facebook.com slash themomcreative. And my blog is themomcreative.com. You are doing so many cool things. And I'm so glad you shared this awesome advice with us. Thank you. We're really grateful. And hey, you're going to stick around for cool picks of the week, right? I sure am. Excellent. Well, we'll be back with that right after this. So, Liz, I yes, am Kristen. such a huge fan of our newest sponsor, and I think you are too. You know who it is, right? It's Epic. I love them. Love, 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 love. Epic. And you know what? We've been writing about them for years. Yes. Epic. It's an app. And it's also online. It's a digital library that's amazing for kids about 12 and under. And you subscribe and basically get unlimited access to 25,000 books. Now, we've been writing about it for a long time. But I cannot believe how far it's come. I was looking at it recently. It's just packed with, like, Newberry and Caldecott winners. Like, really, really, really good books. It's not the stuff that gets left over in, like, your kid's classroom after the kids have gone through all the books and there's, like, four bad titles left over. It's actually really, really, really good books. Yeah, I mean, they've got everything from picture books to chapter books. They've got early readers, audiobooks, graphic novels. I mean, the list goes on and on. And you know what? My kids use it at school. Yeah, lots of schools are using it. Lots of teachers use it because it lets kids read all these books and they can read as many as they want. So yeah. the school doesn't have to pay for like 8 billion books. So there's one for each kid. They can just get kids a subscription, a monthly subscription, and then they can all read them. Yeah, well, now you can tap into that excitement when they come home and they're like, I read Epic because then you can have it in your home too. And they've also got parent features. Did you know about all these, Liz? I mean, I know we've been writing about it for a long time and they've added so many, but you can track your child's progress with a digital reading log and it's available both offline and online, which that's amazing. I know. It's really good. And you know what? My daughter was looking at this over my shoulder Ah. and she saw that they have One Crazy Summer by Rita Williams Garcia, which is like her new absolute favorite series of books. She's 11 and she was like, oh my God, we need this. So it's good. It's really good. I promise. <laughs> like, Pinky good, like I'm picky. I'm picky. You are picky. You're a picky, but I we know. are picky. But here's the thing. You got to go get this right now because you're going to get two months free with the promo code. Use the because code. Because we love you. Yeah, we love you. But also, yeah, we, well, we just love you. It's cool mom. 
Go to getepic.com, that's G-E-T-E-P-I-C.com. Use the code COOLMOM. You got to do it before Tuesday, October 2nd. So hurry, 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 and get two months free of this awesome service. I mean, over 25,000 books. That's crazy. And by the way, now you don't have to go to the library, which means more time for self-care for you. So yay, everybody wins. <laughs> okay, well now it's time for... Cool Picks of the Week! Cool Picks of the Week! And Jessica, you're our guest. You get to go first and we can't wait to hear what you got. Okay, I hope this is something that you guys have not talked about before. I don't think you have. My Cool Pick of the Week is the Book of the Month Club. Ooh. Have you guys heard of this? Yeah. So I am getting brand new hardback books at a discount shipped right to my house every single month. It is like my favorite present that I give to myself every month. I absolutely love it. And I think that it pushes me towards self-care, which is something we talked a lot about on this episode because reading is my favorite thing. If I am cranky, my husband is like, go read a book. You've not read enough this month. And Book of the Month (laughs) just totally ensures that I'm reading good books every single month. I have been a subscriber, I think, since like the beginning, like three years or more. Wow. I mean, I absolutely love it. Wow. wow. Every reader should be a member of Book of the Month. I just love it. I love that. And Kristen, it's kind of like what our sponsor Epic is doing for kids. So it yeah, all comes back very together. Very timely, Jessica. And I love the idea of getting it delivered right to you because I go to the bookstore and then I get super overwhelmed. So I love the idea that they pick it out, they send it to you. What a, what a lovely gift for someone else, but also for yourself. Okay, awesome. So how about you, Kristen? What's your cool pick oh, of the week? Oh, well, speaking of periods, ladies... <laughs> <laughs> Since we brought them up, it's perfect. What a segue. Okay, so I am loving the Flow. It's F-L-O, period app. It was recommended by a fellow podcaster and blogger, Sarah James, from the Selfie Podcast and World.com. So I'm above 40 or post 40 or whatever you want to call it. I'm 42 and the PMS symptoms every month are like an adventure um, in hell. <laughs> an adventure in hell. <laughs> <laughs> and it's always changing and every month I'm like, am I sick? Oh, no, it's just your period. Am I dying? No, it's just your period. So (laughs) I decided, thanks to Sarah, to just keep track of the symptoms. So A, I wouldn't think that I was dying every month at the same time that I realized, oh, it's just my period coming. But also, it helps in terms of treatment of it and knowing when it's happening every month. And it sounds silly, I guess, because people are like, why don't you just write it down on your calendar? But I have to say, I don't do that. So Having this app has been great. I have a teenage daughter. Liz is a teenage daughter. So I just Mm -hmm. have to say it's good for teens for tracking it as well. That's good. I saw you wrote about it, but I hadn't looked that much into it. And now, color me intrigued. Well, I feel like a lot of people use it for like pregnancy, which I'm not trying to track it for. Don't care about ovulation. (laughs) There's no pregnancy in this. Yeah, for uh, me, it's just symptom tracking. And I have to say, just being able to like pop in and jot down what's going on. Oh, I have a headache. You know, oh, look, I'm ovulating. Maybe that's why. It just has helped me with my anxiety and and all that kind of good stuff. So anyway, Flow Period app, my pick of the week. Yes. All right, Liz, you're up. So my cool pick, this is in honor of my daughter. So as you know, Kristen, my daughter's new obsession, yes. she's moved on from Hamilton, still likes it, but her new musical theater obsession is a show called Be More Chill. I wrote about it on Cool Mom Picks, and it is awesome. This was a like this kind of cult short-run off-Broadway show based on a YA novel by um, Ned Vizzini. And the soundtrack is amazing. And it got so popular with kids, especially through social media, who just heard the soundtrack that they got it to off-Broadway. And it sold out so quickly, they just announced that it's going to Broadway. And that's already selling out. And so if you have teens, 
you've heard of it, probably, if your kids are musical theater geeks. Actually, you might even be surprised that they've heard of it. And if you haven't, mm, you probably don't want to play the soundtrack with, like, six-year-olds in the room. <laughs> There's some, like, yes. <laughs> inappropriate stuff, as my kids would call it. But, you know, just in a nutshell, it's kind of like a coming-of-age science fiction story. Yep. I, so, was, I would agree. Yeah. So the way I described it was it's like, you know, your typical high school outcast story like Heather's or uh, Mean Girls, complete with romance, rejection, bullying, texting, a boozy house party gone terribly wrong, and <laughs> a super quantum unit Intel processor pill that you take with Mountain Dew until it implants in your brain and tells you everything you need to do to be cool and fit in and be more chill. Yeah. So anyway, I know it sounds totally insane, but it's awesome. It's like this lovely small production of incredible actors who I just adore. The music is so great and catchy. And if you guys are Broadway fans or you're coming into New York uh, anytime in early 2019, I'm telling you, get tickets for this now because it's going to blow up and you won't be able to get tickets. And you'll be like, aha, why didn't I listen to Liz way back on Spawn? <laughs> so that's my pick. Be more chill. Awesome. And you could take yourself. Just go alone. It could be your self-care and tickets for one are always cheaper. That's I will even say, guess what? I'm going back a second time tomorrow night because my Ooh. friend Laura, who is so awesome, couldn't use her tickets and what? knew that my daughter was obsessed, offered us the tickets. That's and so lovely. She fell on the floor sobbing. Lucky she was you. so happy. So we feel very grateful. And anyway, I just want to give a shout out to the show because it's meant a lot to my daughter and I think a lot to kids who are teens and feeling like they haven't found their place yet. I'm always grateful for artists and writers who can kind of bring that to life and help kids navigate through those teen years. Yay! I am all in agreement. And listen, we should remind folks that we are going to link everything up. We will have Jessica's book, all of our picks of the week, everything that we talked about on the show over on CoolMomPicks.com. Well, that's it. Thank you so much for joining us for another episode of Spawned. And huge thanks to our engineer, John Bowen. Yes! Thank you, John, for making us sound amazing. And hey, listeners... Guess what you can do to help us out? Because, I don't know, <laughs> weren't you thinking? How can we help out Liz and Kristen? You don't have to make doctor appointments for us. <laughs> that's not what we're asking. No, that's not. <laughs> but we are saying this. If you, right now while you're listening, before you put away your phone and go do important things, subscribe to our podcast if you haven't done that yet. Leave us a review because that's awesome. Or even just download or save our episodes. It actually really helps us and it helps other people find us. And that makes us very happy. Yay, happy. <laughs> well, thank you so much for listening to Spawn. This is Liz. And this is Kristen. Have a great day. Bye. Bye.